It's hard to believe, but, but today is already the fourth Sunday in Lent. And already we have seen together three different psalms. Uh, on the first Sunday of Lent, remember, we looked at Psalm 91, a psalm for the fearful, and we saw that God will command His angels concerning you. And then in, in Lent 2, we saw Psalm 42 and 43, that, and God took us to the depths of despair and sadness, and He said, put your hope in God. And then last week, we saw Psalm 38, a, a, a penitential psalm. We saw what guilt can cause in the human body. And we saw the healing power of God's mercy. And, and today now, we look at Psalm 32, another penitential psalm. So it joins Psalm 38 and seven, seven psalms total that we call penitential psalms for their, for their confession of sins. But Psalm 32, you're going to see, it has a different note than Psalm 38. It has a different theme, and so it's more joyful, we might say, it fills us with blessedness. This is a psalm that St. Paul quotes in Romans. It's a psalm that St. Augustine had inscribed above his bed while he was dying. And it's a psalm that the Lutheran reformers during the Great Reformation of the Church cited over and over and over again. So I encourage you, listen to this, this psalm of David inspired by the Holy Spirit himself. We'll read the psalm. Of David, a mascal. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds those who trust in Him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. This is the word of the Lord. You know, it didn't used to be this way. Didn't used to be that if you did a search on Facebook, hashtag blessed, that one of the first things that you would say is LeBron James on a beach with the sun going down saying, hashtag blessed. 
didn't used to be this way that if you looked in that same search, what you would see is celebrities proclaiming their assets. Hashtag blessed. It it didn't used to be that way that people would use the word blessed simply to brag about their circumstances and their accomplishments and their various talents and bodily features. It didn't used to be this way that, that the word hashtag blessed is actually best friends with the humble brag. It didn't used to be this way that that people would use and abuse the word blessed. But that's what's happening today. And astute observers of our culture culture today will observe that the word blessed really has just become another secular term that means lucky. And comedians have even picked up on this and begin to joke about it. One comedian named Davon tweeted this out as a joke recently. He said, caught a piece of bacon falling out of my sandwich right before it hit the ground. Hashtag blessed. But listen, you don't have to be on Twitter or Facebook to know that people use the word blessed out of context in in ways that are not Christ-centered or even biblical at all. It didn't used to be this way. It used to be that when people would speak a beatitude, because that's really what a blessed statement is, when people would speak a beatitude, it was rarely used and it was always sacred. Remember when Jesus spoke blessed statements, beatitudes? He, he said things like, blessed are the poor in spirit. And he said things like, blessed are those who mourn. And we could even reach back into Old Testament beatitudes, like when Eliphaz spoke to his friend Job and said this, blessed is the one whom God corrects. See, Beatitudes or blessed statements, they used to be rarely used sacred statements that that were often divine truth that was completely radical and completely counterintuitive to what we usually think. And that's exactly what we have here. Two Beatitudes. Two blessed statements. So clearly the Holy Spirit wants to call our attention to something. Twice he says, blessed is this person. Twice he says, happy, spiritually prosperous, in a right relationship with the Lord is this person, this someone. And then he repeats the same idea. So that we would get the point that in order to be blessed, one must first become both. A sinner and a transgressor. Isn't that absolutely clear as we read the first two verses of our psalm? It says this, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. 
Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. But there's something else that is absolutely clear as we read those blessed, those beatitudes, those blessed statements, and it's this, there's only two kinds of people in the world, two kinds of sinners. There's sinners that are blessed, sinners whose sins are covered, sinners whose sin the Lord does not count against them, sinners in whose hearts is no deceit, and then there's the sinners who are cursed. Cursed because the Lord does count their sin against them. Cursed because they have deceit in their heart. Cursed because their sins are not covered. There's only two kinds of people in this world. So we could say, some people are hashtag blessed, and some people are hashtag cursed. Cursed like David was. In whose heart was only deceit for almost a year. Last week we saw another one of his penitential psalms in Psalm 38. We said these psalms were probably written after he committed his sin with Bathsheba. (laughs) And David thought, I can just laze around the palace. It's no big deal. And then he thought, well, I can just fall into bed with another man's wife. No big deal. And then he thought, well, I'll just get Uriah sloppy drunk. And then he thought, well, I'm going to fix this by just killing him. And somehow he thought he could just move on. So we got married. It's a beautiful wedding to a beautiful bride. And, and the two of them, they sat down and began to brainstorm names about this child that they had conceived when they were not married. And he began to dream of the days when this same son would sit on the throne. Somehow he deluded himself that he could just move on, that the Lord would not count this sin against him, but he was under a curse. Because in his heart was living, to use the word of the song, incredible self-deceit. Here's the thing about human beings. We have a very profound ability to deceive ourselves. We have this, this almost miraculous <laughs> um, ability to think too highly than, of ourselves than we ought. And, and we have this almost miraculous ability to rationalize anything that we do. And so what I'm going to say next You can only believe if the Holy Spirit helps you. Your sin, it runs deeper than you have ever imagined. And your depravity, it's original. That's what the Bible says. And you have an incredible capacity 
to deceive yourselves. Here's the worst part. You don't even know it, not on your own. Just like David. It took the Holy Spirit ripping the scales off of his eyes through the prophet Samuel for him to finally cry out, I have sinned. After almost a year. So, today's the day. Today's the day to become David. Today is the day to become the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter. Today is the day to become a sinner and a transgressor. Because what the Bible says about sinners and transgressors is that they're blessed. This is a counterintuitive, radical gospel message that that sinners and, and transgressors are blessed. Think about that. Blessed is the, the sinner whose sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. Blessed is the transgressors whose sins are lifted up and nailed to the cross. Blessed is the one in whose heart is no deceit and instead confession of sins. Blessed is the one who believes in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Blessed is the the prodigal son who runs into the arms of our loving Father. This is true blessedness. You want to know the truth during these days of Lent? The more honest you get with God about your sin, and the more transparent you get, well, the more blessed you are. So that divorce that you had, it's your fault. But this too has been covered by the blood of Jesus. And you're gossiping? It's bad. It's really bad. But this has been lifted and nailed to Jesus' cross. Your laziness, it's inexcusable. But this has been not been counted against you. It's been counted against Jesus. We could go on and on. Your lack of generosity to the poor and to your church and to your Lord. Your lackadaisical prayer life and meditation, God's Word. All of it, all of it, all of it is forgiven. So if you really think about it, you've never been so blessed than you are right here and right now. Because you've never had so many sins forgiven. This is what the Holy Spirit calls hashtag blessed. Really. It has nothing to do with sitting on a beach with a beautiful sunset. It has nothing to do with catching a piece of bacon before it's the floor or, or some sort of physical asset that you want to pro- portray to the world. Blessedness has everything to do with how many sins 
God has forgiven you in Christ. My suggestion then, that we redefine and recapture for ourselves today true blessedness. You want to Instagram about it? Put up a picture of three crosses on a hill and an empty tomb and say, all my sins are forgiven. Hashtag blessed. Amen.